Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Official good morning. Good morning. I was thinking about uh, Tom and Teresa this morning, you know, having to suffer in Greece. (laughs) And I'm like, where are the pictures? I would imagine she should be in a toga or something. I mean, I don't know. That's Greece, isn't it? Or is that Italy? I don't know. But anyway, I was thinking of them today and and such. So anyway, Um, today I'm going to be speaking about Sheshban. I'm probably massacring that name. It's the Hebrew month in the year of 5784, and I'm not going to go into a big, long song and dance about it. I just want to bring out some things about it uh, because I think it's really pertinent to where we're at today. And um, so the one special thing that happened in this month was when Noah and his family finally left the ark. And uh, most uh, theologians slash commentators think that it was about one year and 27 days, you know, give or take. But that that was what it was approximately, which was a big surprise to me because what did you guys think it was how many days? 40 days. 40 me days. too, 40 days. Yeah. But if you read read the whole <clears throat> accounting like it, you couldn't quite even figure it out because I tried to because I'm good at math, but I mean, I couldn't figure it out because it, some things were not exactly... Um, you know, just out there where I could add and come to a total, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, I wanted to point out that there was many opportunities to get out of the boat or get out of the ark during that time. And uh, for me, this was showing us a picture that there's a clear difference between wanting to just like get out of the boat, you know, I'm out of here, to being released from the boat. And so um, I want to read Genesis 8, 6 through 12. um, And I'm reading today out of the New American Standard. Then it came about at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he made, and he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water was low on the surface of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of its foot, so it returned to him in the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark to himself. So he waited another seven days longer, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, in its beak was a fresh olive leaf. So Noah knew that water was low on the earth. Then he waited another seven days longer and sent out the dove, but it did not return to him again. And so just a little uh, addendum here. If you read before, try and figure it out. Don't just believe what I say, all right? So when I was reading this, I I was again thinking of that let's get out of Dodge idea. And um, several people this week and and one group that, that I'm a part of, we were talking about that if we were honest, a lot of times when we're praying, like we're praying for peace, 
You know, like we don't want war. We want peace. We want peace. We want peace. But sometimes, if we're really honest, we would say we're praying for peace because we don't want to not be in our comfortable place. We don't want to be uncomfortable. And we're, in one way or another, asking for a quick escape. You know, I mean, I have I have prayed like that before, too. Um, it's not wrong to pray for peace, you know. However, if you ever have Native um, missionaries that are natives to that country, you might consult with them as well. Because one time I was thinking I was going to be the gracious, big-hearted American, you know, and I was telling someone in, uh, I don't know if it was Korea or China or where it was. I don't recall what country it was, but I do re recall me saying like, yeah, I'm praying for peace over there and I'm praying that, and they stopped me, you know, immediately. They stopped me and they said, please don't do that. Wherever America goes, the gospel spreads and we're having revival right now. So uh, at least it checked me to say, okay, Holy Spirit, maybe I should like check in with you to what you want to have to say, you know. So anyway, so we see this dove and olive leaf, and we all know what the dove means. What does what can the dove represent? Peace. The Holy Spirit, because just like Jesus, the dove descended, right? Right? And what I didn't see, but as I was uh Looking at this again, trying, Lord, give me fresh eyes because I've been learning this since I was four years old. And in Sunday school, um, the dove coming back with the olive leaf, all of a sudden it came to me, well, if, if it's bringing an olive branch, what, it, what can that mean? Do you have any ideas? Olive tree or olive leaf would have been the nation of Israel. Yeah, there's that. Uh huh. Anything else? If someone is, if the dove is bringing back an olive leaf or an olive branch, also new life. Yes, it's new life. Yes, represents Israel. Also, just something really common about it, like logical. Can you think of anything else? New growth. New growth. That's good. That's good. Well, what I never really like connected, and maybe it's only me, and you can just you know pat me on the head as I walk by you. Uh, but the, what I was thinking was the dad had a olive branch in his in in I guess in his beak or his beak, whatever they're called, and um, but it was attached to a tree, so that was like good news, you know, like something like. It's going to be soon if they can now, if the water has come down to a level that you can get a branch off of a tree, then it's pretty close. So I don't know. That really, that really excited me. Um, maybe I've had too much coffee. But anyway, I, I, it really excited me. And this was like, again, another opportunity now for uh, Noah's family to move out. And now it was a challenge for them to rise up because now it was going to be a time of new provision. It wasn't going to be a time of the same old, same old. We're going to just get out of the ark and do the same thing we've always done. No. It was a whole new, whole new horizon. And, uh, and in all of this, um, the ark and, and just this little part here, about all the days that they were in the ark when it had kind of set. Um, 
we don't want to be tempted to move ahead of God. You know, sometimes it's like the kids when you're vacationing and they're in the back seat and they're saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're like, oh my God, we have not even left the city yet. You know, and we've got five hours ahead of us. But um, in, in that way, just to uh, speak to our hearts, to have patience and that the Lord will be able through his spirit to, to speak to us and we will be able to move with God instead of moving ahead of God. Have any of you ever moved ahead of God in your whole life? No. I have. So maybe you can learn from, maybe I'll learn from you. But anyway, I have moved ahead of God and it, it has not worked well for me. So anyway, John 10, 9 says that Jesus says, I am the door. And um, let me go over these two sets of numbers and then I'll explain how the door means something, okay? So in the Hebrew year of 5784, we're just looking at the four and we're looking at the eight. Uh, because 57, that's a, you know, that's a, um, not going to be mentioned at this, at this time, but it's, it just keeps repeating. So it's the first two that change every year. So anyway, so first of all, we'll um, go with the four because in Hebrew, um, the way they read, they read from right to left. So for us, it would be backwards. Okay. Now me, because I read the other way, I wrote it the other way. But anyway, four means door or path. It means a way of life. And it means to have movement. So it's either going in, going out, access, egress. It's also a symbol for creativity. And the literal uh, character, the Hebrew letter, is, uh, is like a picture of a poor man. And that can be like literal or figurative. Um, that's a whole other probably teaching in itself. But anyway, I will restrain myself. Um, number eight for 80. Let's look at 80. It should be on your handout. Um, 80 is mouth or opening or to speak or to open. And of course, there's two forms of that. And that's opening and closing, which we would, we would get that pretty easy. I don't know about you guys, but I think some, at some point I'm going to study the Hebrew letters. Because I go on these, these sites that are um, Christians, that are believers, that are Jewish believers. And um, they just started with the first four letters of their Hebrew alphabet. And I'm in, I'm in my kitchen praising God and thinking, the gospel story is in the first four letters. Now, maybe I'm getting excited and maybe I don't get it. But I think if I get it and I didn't know anything, I think anybody could get it. So I'm hoping at some time that I can study that because it started out in, in great shock to me that the first Hebrew letter, um, the way it was explained to me was it starts with the Father's love. Imagine that. And, of course, that was something that was alien to me until I moved to Humboldt County and started having a lot of uh, recovery and changes and healings and experiences with the Lord. So it starts out with uh, beginning with the love of the Father. And, you know, that emoticon, that, that there's that head, and then it's that mind, and it's just like exploded. That's kind of like how I feel about that. It's just exploding to me that how, how come everybody can't 
see this and how many, it's so exciting. How come, you know? So anyway, there you go. And um, in this year, here's some things that are offered. Uh, we have provision, promotion, but there is a, there is a PS. It does require our participation. So this is a time where we're going to be, like the scriptures say, that we are co-laborers. We work together with, with the Lord for these things. When you guys were uh, growing up in school, how many of you liked field trips? Yep. My hands are raised. The rest of you didn't like field trips? I do. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I know, probably some kids didn't like field trips, but I loved field trips. And so um, I want to take a little journey, kind of like a field trip, and maybe look in a little way, in my finite way of looking through like Hebrew eyes, you know. Um, I'm not going to be talking about Manasseh, the tribe of Manasseh, which is the highlighted tribe. Um, but that's great and something to mine, for sure. That's something to mine. I love how the Lord, even in the months, he highlights different people groups because so many times you get the impression in general Christianity that we're all supposed to look alike, believe alike, and all this kind of stuff. But but I don't buy that. But anyway, and then when we were singing, nothing is better than you and I love your voice, this to me is the Lord speaking to us as well. And Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. What number in procession do you think that the tribe of Judah is? Take a guess. We're talking about 57, 80, and 4. So which number do you think is the tribe of Judah? This is just fun. I just think it's fun. Okay, very good. It's the fourth tribe. Yes. So... So there, there's something to be said there for any of those that studied the law, studied the uh, Torah, you know, if they were even looking, they could have seen some indicators. But unfortunately, they weren't looking at that time. So John, John 10.9 says, I am the door. And then in different translations, it says different things. So I'll just kind of put them all together. And I am the door, we enter in through him, and we find nourishment. Imagine that. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So if we just take a quick look at Genesis and Exodus. In Genesis, Jesus is the door of the ark. In Exodus, he is the Passover door. And these two things here, Here's offered safety, protection, and life. You should have that on your handout. Next, let's jump to the New Testament for those of you who say, I don't like the Old Testament. Let's just stay in the New Testament. So here we go. Revelations 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. I love that it's still free will because a lot of times it's being expressed that there is no free will, that it's all something else, but he's knocking, and he happens to be knocking at the door of a church. We've used that, um, we may be people of my generation, we've used that for people who don't even know the Lord, but this was to the church, which again, in a way, that's kind of sad too. If he's knocking, that means he's not already there possibly. So anyway, another lesson. John 10 says that he is the good shepherd and is also 
um, adore because you you remember I think we've talked about this uh, probably ad nauseum but you think of the shepherd and when they would um, come at night and they would be in those like little kind of stone enclosures and there was an opening right there just big enough for the shepherd and the shepherd would come and lean against the rock I would ima I imagine he puts his knees up and like this and he's got his staff you know and then kind of nods off drools a little bit um, nods off and and such but that he is the good shepherd he is the good shepherd just like they would have understood this right <clears throat> Psalms 141.3 says, set a gar at the door of my lips. Set a gar at the door of my lips. So again, we're looking, we're looking through the scripture, we're taking like a field trip, and we're seeing the different aspects of the door. Jesus is the door. My mouth has a door. There's a door here. There's a door there. Let's just keep on exploring, kind of like a tourist. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12 talks about a door of refreshing and rest. This, um, I don't think I've ever heard a message, maybe you have, but um, this is about uh, praying in tongues, that we can have a refreshing and rest by praying in tongues. I have experienced a refreshing and rest many, many times in there. That's Isaiah 28, 11, and 12. It should be in your handout there. And then there's Isaiah 22, 22. It's the keys of David. And that, again, is one of those things where you can open a door or you can shut a door. And something interesting that I learned about the keys of David is that whoever was the caretaker or the manager or whatever, that, that they actually had the keys on their shoulders. And so uh, it, was, it was like a big honor. It was a very special thing. And that's something that the Lord uh, reveals that we have as well. Uh, Revelations 3, 7, and 8 to that church again in Revelations 3 says, You have little strength. You've kept my word and not denied my name. So in my mind, weakness doesn't matter. It's like we don't deny the Lord. We might have times when we feel really weak and we might feel really inadequate and we really might feel like, really, I want to get out of this boat. Uh, but his strength is made perfect in our weakness, correct? All right. No amen. All right. So Matthew 7, amen. 7. <laughs> Matthew 7, 7 is where... <clears throat> The Lord says that we can ask, we can seek, and we can knock, and that the door will be opened unto us. Again, the door. In Acts 16, 25 and 26, Paul and Silas were worshiping. And we all know that story. In fact, I think Pastor Linda mentioned it in her message last week. I'm not sure. But the doors flew open in the middle of worship. And I was kind of thinking about worship and looking at that word, and I kind of just changed one letter and said, well, maybe this is worship. Maybe this is going to be a little bit more like how in the coming days, since we're already in an era of war, that our worship will increase in its war aspect, at least in the heavenlies. 
And then Colossians 4, 3 and 4 talks about a door of utterance. The apostle wanted to um, have everyone pray that, that, um, that this would be established. He said that there was a door of utterance, and, and I'm sure they were in agreement with him because they were a lot more spirit-led, um, still at that time anyway. And then 1 Corinthians 16, 8 through 9 says, again, a great and effectual door. Now, this particular scripture could probably be a teaching in itself because, yes, there is a great and effectual door, and, yes, there are adversaries on every side. Um, but I will restrain myself once again. I just want to remind us that probably for the last two years you've heard me say on on and on that we are in a time of war um, at least in the in the spiritual dimensions and that whether you like it or not we are and then like in the natural we can we can see that there's no lack of war um, or at least no lack of televising it but just to maybe check in with the Holy Spirit and say is there anything that you want to adjust in my thinking or doing that is different. Because the scriptures say that when we're looking at things in a wartime, it says that the soldier doesn't, doesn't at all concern himself with like the daily affairs. I don't know exactly how that means, but the Holy Spirit can show each one of us what that means to us. And also... The Lord has been challenging me, and so I want to share that challenge. Um, remember in the Old Testament where the prophet said to his servant when there had been a drought that the prophet actually had predicted it happened, and he was waiting for rain. And so he told the servant, look out and see if you see the rain. And the servant came back and says, I don't see it. And he goes, look again. He sent him out, came back, eh, not there yet still. And anyway, this happened five more times, or a total of seven times. And he said to him uh, to look again, look again. And it just seems like the Lord is like making this like a pounding inside of me. Look again. Don't be just satisfied with just looking once, but look again and like, and like linger. Stay with him. And then you might even be shocked that... He will be revealing more to you. Because one time I did that like two times. And I thought, oh, I'm doing really good, God. And then he said, look again. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But anyway, I, I obeyed because I knew there was a flow going on. And so I looked again and I saw something more. And then I looked again. I, I mean, I just went with it, with it for a little while. I had a little bit of time before I had to do some other things. And it was so fantastic, you guys. It was so fantastic. I so encourage you to look further. And if the Lord says something to you to kind of, um, some people say it this way. They say lean into it. But I mean, like, kind of get it for all it's worth. You know, like if you're um, somebody you love is talking, but it's really noisy and you want to kind of like lean into them because you don't want to miss a word, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like that idea, but it's in your heart. So you just kind of lean in and like, what? What are you saying? I don't want to miss a word, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the second um, exhortation. And the third and final exhortation, um, I've been 
just meditating on three words. And the three words are, Jesus went further. And if you uh, look in your own translations, it's in Matthew 26, 3, and it's not on the handout. Uh, Jesus went further, or Jesus went a little further. And I felt like that he was, he was telling me to look again and look again. But he wasn't telling me anything that he wasn't doing himself that even he went further, and he went further in his relationship with the Father, although that's a mystery and we don't quite get it. But anyway, I'll just go with the, the separateness for, for our logic and for my mind not being exploded again. Just to go further, go further, meet with him further, meet with him further. I'm not talking about great lengths of time. I We were talking in the prayer room a little bit earlier, and and I was saying, like, like, don't get the idea that, like, I'm on my knees by my bed and praying for 17, 18 hours a day, because that's not how it is. But when you're with the Lord, you can be amazed that you can be totally transformed in five minutes. And I've shared with you guys testimonies of where even five minutes, you can be transformed. So I want to encourage us all today to, to think and, and consider that we're right now in a season of approximately 29 days where this is highlighted about the door and the opportunity in that door and that opportunity for us to recognize uh, in, in uh, the Lord and in ourselves what's, what we're letting in, what we're letting out, or what we're let, or what we're putting in and what we're putting out. And then we could just have a conversation with the Lord, take a little field trip in our lives and just say, you know, is there is there anything that you want to speak to me about? And if there isn't, that's fine. Maybe this message was just for me. But Father God, I just I just love your voice. Like the song says, God, I love your voice. There's nothing better than you, God. And so, Lord, we just submit our humble hearts to you, God. We don't pretend like we know it all, God. And Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in this place, in Jesus' name. Oh, I got all excited. I forgot to ask for any input. Does anybody have? I really, I've been feeling the Lord's presence like for a couple hours. Um, does anybody happen to have any input or extra or anything? We're, we're running really early today, so we have some time. Anybody? I love what you brought up about uh, Jesus went further. And immediately I thought, go deeper still, because deep calls to deep. Yes. And sometimes we have to remain, yeah. abide, stay there, mm-hmm. camp there mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. And not try to wiggle away or be distracted or, you know, that's all I got. That's great. That's great. Anybody else? <clears throat> I like the, the point also at the end to emphasize again, we in some way do control what we let in and out. <clears throat> you know, if your eye is full of light, the whole body is light. Yes. You know, where we're looking, what we're reading, what we're seeing, mm-hmm. what we're dwelling on. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's worship and love on the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. 
To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.